into the contest. It's Monday, March 7. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. I'm Tim Gilbert. I'm joined by my co-host Shane Lee. What a weekend. We'll talk about it all. But Shana, I was at a charity event on Saturday and Paul Gallen, who of course uh, you will be <laughs> fighting at some point in 2022, has given us an indication that he may retire sometime this year. Uh, so you better get in quick. He's running scared, Tim. He's running scared. <laughs> it was a very wet weekend, mate. I, I did uh, I did hear that on the um, in the press that uh, he may be calling it quits. And uh, so he's going to try and, I suppose, put as many fights as he can in this year. Uh, whether I'm one of, one of them or not, I doubt it. But uh, yeah, maybe he's running scared, Tim. That's, that's a story I'm running with. So let's leave it at that. I think he's definitely made enough money, that's for sure, absolutely. <laughs> All righty, uh, today, of course, we're going to look at the whole Shane Warne affair. So terribly tragic uh, and so much other sport about. Of course, the Australians are playing in Pakistan. That looks like it's headed to a draw. And Roger Federer, well, he's revealed he won't return before later on this year. Now, there's nothing like a healthy head of hair. Shane, when I first met you, those blonde flowing locks, well, they had a life of their own. Yes, Timmy. As they say, look after your hair and everything else will take care of itself. Now, I've got something for you too, Timmy, even with that silver fox look. It's called Main Hair Care. Oh, Main Hair Care. I know it. I absolutely love it. Yes, mate. Specialised men's hair care. Targeting scalp conditions to stimulate scalp and over time improve growth. Oh, it's a fantastic product. It really is. I also note that it's all Australian, fully organic ingredients, Shane. Yep. Not only will you look good, but the scent is just wonderful. Main Hair Care. I'm going to get it on today. And that's spelled M-A-N-E, mainhaircare.com. I think collectively the whole sporting world, particularly in Australia, the UK, the subcontinent, South Africa, you name it, was gobsmacked and probably still is by the sudden and tragic death of Shane Warne. Yeah, I woke up Saturday morning, Tim, and I still can't believe the news. And uh, I suppose for me personally, I was just sort of coming to terms with Rod Marsh, who was probably one of my greatest coaches I ever worked with um, at the Creed Academy. And then to find out a teammate and Shane Warne had gone, and um, I think my brother said it best on Channel Nine. Brett said that it's just not in Warney's script to go so early, age fifty-two, um, very young, and he was just really starting to spend some time with his kids. And for me, that's that's the saddest thing that the kids um, not only missed out whilst he was away doing all these good deeds on the cricket field, they're going to miss out having dad around you now in retirement. Effectively, I know he still commenta- was commentating, but. Um, yeah, really, really sad story and um, a true legend of the game. The greatest bowler, if not the greatest player I ever played with. What, what made him so magical on the field? Mate, he has an, had an aura about him. And, um, you know, they often say the, the, the brightest stars burn half as long. And when Warney walked into a room, he had a genuine aura around him. There was, a, there was some light about him. He had that on the cricket field. He had a fantastic cricket brain and an ability to bowl leg spin better than anyone probably ever will. And he could just work players out. And not only could he work them out mentally, he could then put the ball in the right spot to effectively get them out. So he was just a super competitor. He always believed he could win, no matter what the situation was. We could need still still need 10 wickets and they could need 50 runs. And he believed that we could still win the match. And uh, that was warning. He's, he's a huge loss, huge loss. 
How did you find him as a bloke? In, in my experience, and I had a lot to do with Warney from a work perspective and socially sometimes, but uh, covering his career, then working with him for a long time at Channel 9, he used to be the host of the cricket show and I produced that show for a number of years. So got to spend a lot of time with him and he, he had this quirky sense of humour. He loved all that 80s music, Dexy's Midnight Runners and the Steve <laughs> Miller Band. He used to talk about his jukebox. You guys shared a love of cars, I'm sure. Um, his diet was always rubbish. He always had bungers uh, in his hand. Yeah, look, I found him personally. I found him, I found him great. Um, he was not the guy that I had necessarily in my phone. If I went to Melbourne, I'd catch up with. Uh, that That wasn't our relationship. But our relationship, whenever we saw each other, it was fantastic. He was great as a teammate. Always gave me more, more time than uh, was required. Very generous with that. Very generous with sharing his knowledge. Um, yeah, he's, he's just a special guy. And uh, I really enjoyed listening to his commentary as well, even though he was sitting alongside... My brother um, there in the commentary box, and they were sometimes arguing on certain points. Uh, I always enjoyed his commentary as well. Yeah, and it's interesting, Glenn McGrath, he, he said this often in uh, speaking engagements uh, in and around the relationship with Liz Hurley. He said that a lot of Australians would say, oh, I can't believe that Shane Warne's going out with Liz Hurley. But those in the UK were saying, I can't believe Liz Hurley's going out with Shane Warne. <laughs> <laughs> He's massive overseas. He was, mate. I don't think either of them could believe it, but... Um, yeah, it was funny when you, you talk to guys in the pubs and they talk about Warney's great <laughs> his great uh, uh, achievements. Uh, Liz Hurley was definitely one of them. So um, he, he was just a lovable Aussie larrikin, wasn't he? And uh, look, he broke every rule. Um, he was done for match fixing. He was done for taking drugs. He blamed his mum. And even breaking all these rules, he'd go out the next day and take seven wickets and the Australian public would forgive him and um, he was that, that sort of guy. He said, I was just a boy from from St Kilda that wanted to play a bit of AFL. I drank I drank a bit, I smoked a bit and I bowled a bit and um, that pretty much summed him up. Yeah, the bogan of Blackrock. And you mentioned Rod Marsh, of course. Mm. Ian Chappell wrote a big piece in ESPN, Can You Just Let Me Grieve? Because he was very close to Rod Marsh and he was actually good mates with Shane Warne as well. But um, Marshy, yeah. every experience I have with him doing stories down there at Henley Beach, particularly uh, when the Cricket Academy was going on, and that's where you spent time. Yeah, in some sort of funny way, Rod Marsh was always happy to play second fiddle. He did that to Dennis Lilly his whole career. And then he passes away in his funeral where he's going to be put in the limelight for the first time ahead of Dennis. Uh, Warney, Warney passes away, and so he's playing second fiddle again, and... Um, I think I think both Packers and Warney would both be happy with that. Absolutely, and uh, there is cricket being played. Of course, uh, three days down of this test in India, in Pakistan rather, and Pakistan declared. Um, it looks like a road. It really does. Uh, Four hundred and fifty odd Australia bad light stop play yesterday. Usman Khawaja, what about this? The Australians are are doing it well. They're, they're two for 270 or something. Steve Smith and Labuschagne are in there. But Kawaja, the reverse sweep, and they went upstairs and he's out for 97. Out for 97, yeah, frustrating. It um, We did say, Tim, before they left here that the Aussies would spend a long time in the field and they did do that. Uh, Pakistan, 476 for four declared. And uh, as you said, yeah, you're right. The Aussies are two for 271. Usman Kawaja reverse sweeping on 97. Look, that's got him a lot of runs. Um, well, got him a lot of runs in, in Sydney during the Test match. Warner's the one that has probably the he has the second best run of innings against a team just behind Bradman uh, against Pakistan. He's at something like nine hundred runs he scored in the last six innings because uh, he got that three hundred thirty five. Uh, Labuschagne looks set on 69 and Steve Smith on 24. So, as you said, heading towards a draw there. 
Yeah, absolutely. And the Australian women had a good win over England in the World Cup. I'd be surprised to see this first test um, get a result. It, the crowd's been amazing, sold out from the start, and they reckon that Karachi and Lahore will go the same way. This is Afternoon Sport. We've got plenty more to come. AFL, NRL starts next weekend, of course, and tennis news. That's next. This Melbourne Demons AFLW side makes history, and this is one of the criticisms of the AFLW uh, over the years has been that there hasn't been enough points scored. Well, they've hit the 100-point barrier, uh, first team to do that. Yep, and that would have been a criticism of mine too, Tim, is that uh, you're watching an AFL women's AFL game and they're only scoring you know, sometimes 19 points to, to 25 points. Well, the the girl, the Melbourne Ds, they uh, kicked 16 goals, 11 behinds, and scored 107, defeating Fremantle 3-119. So, yeah, it's good to see that the girls, look, they're, they're getting stronger, they're kicking longer, um, and uh, they're scoring more points. They're getting more and more skillful every year, so... Yeah, the D's leading the way both with the men and the women. Yeah, the young Gold Coast Suns player in the AFL slapped um, with a suspension for betting on matches, and he's been fined as well. His name's Reese Nichols. He hasn't played a game yet, Tim, and they found out he had 10 bets on the AFL last year, uh, sort of totaling only $256. Six of those bets were on his own team, the Suns, um, but he was unsuccessful for all 10 bets, so... Reese, what's what's your learning out of that, mate? Don't bet on the AFL because you're a player now, and don't bet on the AFL because you're shit house. <laughs> yes. No more betting, mate. Yeah, keep the money in the pocket, and you've had a win. Yeah. Now, um, in rugby league, Cameron Smith. Often it was said that uh, Daly Cherry Evans didn't play Origin for that three year period because Cameron Smith didn't like him, and uh, now he's come out and said, "Well, that's that's garbage," um, because um, I, I did like him. Uh, this is Cameron Smith speaking, but mm. it does play to that whole point that when he was playing, particularly towards the end of his career, there were two coaches. There was almost two referees. He was running the show, Cameron Smith. He definitely was, but Cameron Smith makes a very good point. The reason da- Daly Cherry Evans didn't play for those three years because the Maroons had two players, Jonathan Thurston and Cooper Cronk, arguably the two best halves or two best players ever to pull on a Maroons jersey. Apart from probably Wally Lewis, I'd say. But, uh, yeah, that's the reason he didn't play. Look, Daly Cherry Evans is not in the league of, of Thurston and Cronk. And, uh, yeah, it's crazy for people to say that. It is sense, uh, can give give good headline um, saying that something was against Smith. But uh, it definitely wasn't. The halves was the reason he didn't play. Yeah, well done in, in tennis news to Alex Demonor and Kokonakis and the team, of course. It was a nail-biting win in the Davis Cup. But what about Roger Federer? He's come out. Look, he's, he's not retiring. Um, he's as old as us, but he's not retiring. He said he's coming back later this year. That's what I thought the next announcement would be. But he's saying his comeback will be later in the year. He's still playing on. He's still playing on. He's 40 years of age at the moment. He's had a full he's had full knee reconstruction now. He's been on crutches for two months. He was aiming to come back for Wimbledon in June. He won't be there. And he said he's going to aim now for August 29, the US Open. So he said he's going to take an extra bit of time to come back, and, and rightly so. He's obviously very serious. He said he didn't think he may be able to come back after his surgery, but it seems to be progressing pretty well. And why we uh, would love to have Nick Kyrgios on the court, he's being bedazzled watching LeBron James. Well, LeBron James has scored his highest amount of points for the Lakers in history at 37 years of age. 
they beat the Gold State Warriors 124 to 116, and LeBron 56 points, huge. Mm. I'm going to say it's a little too late for the Lakers, although it was good points from LeBron. I think they're going to struggle to make the playoffs. Yeah, and uh, Kyrgios obviously loves basketball. He, he said he had to make a choice between tennis and basketball, and uh, here even he's been choosing to, to watch basketball rather than playing the Davis Cup, which has got a few <laughs> eyebrows going around the world, particularly here in Australia where people love the game. Uh, now, Mark Rudin, uh, we spoke about the Western Sydney Wanderers uh, over the last couple of weeks, haven't we? And uh, they've had now a change of management. They uh, they entered the world of Australian sport like no other team I've ever seen in any sport. They they came on and, and, and people absolutely loved them and got on the bandwagon and built shrines to the Wanderers from Campbelltown to Plumpton, they loved them, but the spirit left them um, for quite some time and people stopped going to games, but the kind of spirit that they played with on the weekend and their coach punching the sky, the crowd was back a bit in the derby. It uh, was a positive night for them when they beat Sydney FC. It was, and they've given the coach uh, a long-term contract. As we know, Timmy, I think you mentioned last time, I think they've had about eight or nine different coaches over the last X amount of seasons. And they've extended his contract now to the end of the 23-24 season. So effectively a three-year deal, mm. uh, which is great for him. That gives him a chance to really build and work with these players and get the best out of them. And uh, we all know when the coach is being changed every second you know, couple of months, um, it makes it really, really hard to get any sort of consistency. Yeah, and they really want to get back to that point that you know their fans won't be disillusioned because they mm. they did come on Western Sydney supporters, Western Sydney people love sport, and they really got around uh, the the Wanderers. So um, let's hope for the sake of that brand that they're back and they uh, are onwards and upwards. Well done to Chaz Mostert who starred in the wet in the supercars. Meanwhile, uh, Russian Haas driver Nikita Mazepin. Um, Dumped. Um, this was all due to uh, Putin's invasion of Ukraine, and obviously, as a sportsman, he's not very happy about it. No, it'd be tough in it when uh, you're just uh, the collateral damage, really, from from Putin, and 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 Russians are experiencing this all around the world now. There'll be, um, you know, people may have loved ones in the Ukraine and, and totally against the war, but they're being persecuted just because of what their leader's doing, and uh, we're seeing that in sport. Uh, to the most effect, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Right through the sporting world, whether it be the Australian or the International Olympic Committee, tennis, um, soccer. Yeah, I mean, even uh, one of the oligarchs, Abramovich, selling Chelsea. So it is happening right around the world. But to finish with um, a nostalgic note, of course, uh, Shane Warne, we uh, spoke about him earlier. God rest his soul. 1996 Cricket World Cup. Tell me. Well, I just think, I, I was thinking a lot about Warney over the weekend and just some of the, the sort of experiences we had and um, some of the laughs that we had. And, and one that sort of popped out of my mind was the 96 World Cup when he came to my room um, and uh, asked if would mind a call being put through to my, my, my hotel room and it was um it was Russell Crowe calling. Russell Crowe was on his way to to LA to go to the Oscars and he wanted Warney to go with him. But we had a game in a few days time and uh, Russell said he'd send his private jet and and take take Warney as his plus one over there. And uh I think Warney wanted me to, to cover to cover well, with Bob Simpson for him to say he was sick or something in his room while he was going to put on a black tie and go as Russell Crowe's plus one of the Oscars and then try and sneak back into India for the next match. But uh, I think time was a bit short. He never went. But it just goes to show that the star power Warney had, he was, he was mates with some of the biggest influential and most famous people around the world and uh, he stood right alongside him, that's no doubt. Yeah, he was certainly cricket's Hollywood. 
That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. Yeah, fantastic sponsors in Maine Haircare. It's M-A-N-E, mainhaircare.com. And, of course, our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh. We are back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.